أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم حميم تنزيل الكتاب من الله العزيز الحكيم إن في في السماوات والأرض لآيات للمؤمنين وفي خلقكم وما يبث من دابة آيات لقوم يوقنون رب الشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحب العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي فالحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ثم ما بعد أنسجن السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Okay, so we're beginning Surah Al-Jathiyah, the 45th Surah of the Qur'an, 37 ayat, a rather short surah. Hamim, again, from the Hawamim, so it begins the same way. Tanzilul Kitabi min Allah al-Aziz al-Hakim, a revelation ascending down over time of the book from Allah, the ultimate authority, the one full of wisdom. Inna fi samawati wal ard la'ayatin lil mu'mineen. No doubt in the skies and the earth, there are many miraculous signs for true believers. Wa fi khalqikum. And in your own creation, وَمَا يَبُثُّ مِنْ دَابَّةٍ And all kinds of beasts that are spread, all kinds of creatures that are spread across. آيَاتٌ لِقَوْمٍ يُقِنُونَ Are miraculous signs for a nation that seeks to be convinced. Now, these ayat are once again calling the istidlal, the way to bring people to Allah, is for them to reflect on creation. And as I've mentioned to you before, these kinds of proofs are pointless. For the one whose internal decency, their soul is lost. They can't see any of this stuff. They can know more animal science than we do, but they won't see anything of God's work in it. They could see, they could see peer into the sky and into the universe deeper than we can, a scientist can, but if there's no goodness left inside, none of that will come to benefit them. They won't see Allah's work in it. They'll just see just raw science, a random accident. And in the, in, the, in the conflict of night and day, وَمَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهُ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مِنْ رِزْقٍ And what Allah sent down from the sky in terms of provision, out of provision, Allah is describing that water is the provision, the sustenance for our earth. And pretty much all of life and all of what we need to sustain our life comes from the sky in terms of water by rain. فَأَحْيَا بِهِ الْأَرْضَ بَعْدَ مَوْتِهَا Then He gives life to the earth after it has, it has died. وَتَصْرِيفِ الْرِيَاحِ and the, and the alternating of the winds, the winds blowing this way, then blowing that way. And even in the winds blowing around is a form of rizq. Because the pollen is taken to this land and that land by means of wind. And the clouds are shifted from one place to another by means of wind. Ayatun liqawmi yaqilun are miraculous signs for a nation that seeks to understand. Tilka ayatullah, those are the miracles of Allah. Natluha alayka bilhaq, we are reading them onto you. With purpose. فَبِأَيِّ حَدِيثٍ بَعْدَ اللَّهِ وَآيَاتِهِ يُؤْمِنُونَ Then what speech after Allah and His miracles, His revelations, are they going to believe in? You notice how it says بَعْدَ اللَّهِ وَآيَاتِهِ It's as though it's saying, you know, in Surah Al-Hadid we'll learn هُوَ الظَّاهِرُ وَالْبَاطِنِ Allah is the most obvious and the most hidden at the same time. Allah's creation makes Him the most obvious. How could this be anything else? Anyone else? But at the same time, He's the most hidden. We don't see Him. So, when Allah calls on all of this creation, you're, you and I are supposed to see the work of Allah. So, Allah. Then on top of that, His revelation. وَآيَاتِهِ after, after all of these signs and on top of that, the revelation of the Qur'an, what else are they going to believe in? What else is there then? وَيْلٌ لِكُلِّ أَفَّاكٍ أَثِيمٍ The worst, terrible, horrible form of destruction lies for every single one that makes up lies, vicious lies, affak, the one who keeps doing it. The one who keeps making vicious lies against others. A theme constantly engrossed in sin. This is an interesting combination of words because when somebody makes scandals or makes lies against somebody and they spread, then we, even when the guy is asleep, he's racking up the sins because every time it's spread as a result of his words, he's getting the audit. He's getting the, it's his liability because he's the one who initiated that evil. Just like good deeds, when they spread, you get rewarded for them. Evil deeds, especially ifk. Ifk means to start a scandal, to make an accusation against somebody, to taint somebody's reputation. And when that spreads, then you're being held liable over and over and over. So it's like you're constantly, you know, passive, passive income, if you will. You know, passive sin being acquired. A theme, constantly engrossed in sin. يَسْمَعُ آيَاتِ اللَّهِ تُطْلَعَ عَلَيْهِ He listens to the revelations of Allah being read on to him. ثُمَّ يُصِرُّ مُسْتَكْبِرًا Then he turns away. 
Asarra yusirru also means to insist on something. He insists out of arrogance. He insists on his position. Also means to turn away. So he turns away in arrogance or he insists on holding on to whatever he has out of arrogance. Ka'allam yasma'ha as though he hadn't even heard them. Fabashirhu bi adabin alim. Then congratulate him of painful punishment. Whenever he comes to know about any part of our, our revelation, anything he comes to hear, maybe he heard something on the news about what the Quran says, and he finds it funny. It's just a joke. It's, that's all it is. It's, it can't be revelation, so it's just something funny. Those are the people that have humiliating punishment. You know, I've actually seen a couple of YouTube videos that I don't recommend you guys watch. But just people getting together and they're like, there's like a study circle of people and they're studying the Qur'an and all of them are non-Muslim. And they're studying the Qur'an and they're reading and they're laughing. Like how ridiculous it is. And it's like a whole crowd and they're just having a good laugh out of it. And subhanAllah, I read that and I was like, wow. He came to know something about our miracles, our revelations, he took it as a joke. Those are the people that have humiliating punishment. Min وَرَائِهِمْ جَهَنَّمْ from what right behind them, right behind, they can't even see, is hellfire. And it's not going to be, whatever it's, it's coming is not going to benefit them. What's not going to benefit them? Whatever they had earned in this life, their salaries, their status, their political position, you know, their, their, their income, all of that stuff, none of it will come to aid them when, when hellfire arrives. Nor will the protectors and the guardians and the friends that they had taken other than Allah come to their aid. And they alone are going to have great punishment. This, in fact, is guidance. We saw two surahs ago. This is a remembrance. Now we're seeing Hada Hudan. These are, you know, and then we see Hada Quranun. Or Hada Kitabun, sorry. So we have Hudan, Dhikra, Dhikrun, and Kitabun. Three main descriptions of the Quran its guidance, its remembrance, and it's a book. So it's a law. وَالَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا بِآيَاتِ رَبِّهِمْ And those who've disbelieved in the miracles of their master, لَهُمْ عَذَابٌ مِّنْ رِجْزٍ أَلِيمٍ They're going to have punishment made of a, a terrible calamity, rijz, humiliating sickness. You know, sickness that makes you impaired. That's rijz. Also means filth, painful filth. اللَّهُ الَّذِي سَخَّرَ لَكُمُ الْبَحْرِ Allah is the one who subdued, who calmed the oceans for you. لِتَجْرِيَ الْفُلْكُ فِيهِ So ships can sail in them, or in it. بِأَمْرِهِ By His command. وَلِتَبْتَهُ مِنْ فَضْلِهِ And so that you can pursue out of His favor, meaning you can go find wealth in the ocean. You can go deep, dive into the ocean and find the favors of Allah lying for you there. Of course, food also. وَلَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ And so that you may be grateful. Now the other, again, Another reminder of what we learned before two surahs ago, and that was Allah made transportation submissive to us and put it under our control. And one of its reasons is we get to say how perfect Allah is. Like we, that's an opportunity to praise Allah subhanahu Here again, And one of the reasons the ocean has been subdued is so that you can be grateful. That's one of the main goals of the oceans being calm, is that you and I can do shukr of Allah. So you know it's, it's obvious that when you know, uh, the Prophet describes وسلم, that when the sa'a arrives, when the day of judgment arrives and the hour begins and the trumpet is blown, there's no one left on the earth who says la ilaha illallah, the people of shukr are gone. When the people of shukr are gone, the, the ocean has no reason to stay calm anymore. Because one of the reasons for the ocean to stay calm is for people to, to thank him. SubhanAllah, la'allakum tashkurun. وَسَخَّرَ لَكُمْ مَا فِي السَّمَوَاتِ وَمَا فِي الْأَرْضِ And He subdued for you whatever's in the skies and whatever's in the earth. So Allah says, تَسْخِيرَ has happened of even what's in the skies. Perhaps this means that we'll have, you know, one day Allah will give us more and more and more technology and understanding of what's going on in, even in the universe. More than He has now. جَمِيعًا All of it all together. إِنَّهُ مِنْهُ in all of that, there are miraculous signs for a nation that seeks to engage in thought, seeks to think deeply about things. Now, the ayat of the skies, the miracles of the skies and the earth, Adam salam was taught the names of all things, we learn. Adam was taught the names of all things. But, I mean, I'm sure he wasn't taught the name of an iPod or car or airplane, 
you know, or Wi-Fi. Then how is Allah saying he was taught the name of everything, potential names of everything? He was given the basic tools of language from which he can build the arsenal of vocabulary. So the entire vocabulary humanity enjoys is a byproduct of that powerful initial vocabulary Allah had given Adam Just like we are offsprings of Adam, we are, our language is an offspring of his language. So he was given the original language. The same way Allah says here, he subdued for you the skies and the earth. It may not happen yet, but perhaps what Allah has given us, the knowledge he's provided us about this world, will lead to more and more and more of an exploration and a discovery of Allah's treasures in the skies and the earth. Say to those who believe that they should be forgiving to those who don't hope for the, the days of Allah. Meaning the day of judgment, the day, of, the day they're going to die. Those are the ayyam of Allah. The surah of the ayyam of Allah, we've already passed way before. The surah of the days of Allah is surah al-a'raf. The seventh surah is the surah of the ayyam of Allah, the days of Allah. So Allah says there are, the Muslims, you know, five years have gone on or so. And the Muslims are engaging in, uh, in, in conversation with the Makkans. The Prophet is delivering his message. And these ayat are coming down. And the Muslims are told, look, they make fun of what you're saying. They, you know, they insult you. They even sometimes beat you up. But you know what? Right now, you should just forgive them. You should just forgive those who don't have hopes in the meaning of Allah. Right now is not the time to think about vengeance or you know, pray against them or anything. You should just be forgiving. We read this in Surah Fussilat also. Even if there's animosity between you and the one you're telling the word of God to, word of Allah to, you should treat them as though they're your most intimate friend. So you have to have this patience with those. And here we're told, forgive. Forgive those who have no hopes of meeting with Allah, the days of Allah. So that a nation may be compensated over what they had earned. مَنْ عَمِلَ صَالِحًا فَلِنَفْسِهِ Whoever acts righteously is only for his own benefit. وَمَنْ أَسَاءَ فَعَلَيْهَا And whoever engages in sin only does so against his own harm. You and I think we've hurt somebody else. We haven't. We have actually only hurt ourselves. It's the, the main liability is on us. ثُمَّ إِلَىٰ رَبِّكُمْ تُرْجَعُونَ Then to your master will all of you be returned. وَلَقَدْ آتَيْنَا بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلَ الْكِتَابِ وَالْحُكْمَ Remember we read in the previous surah how Allah had preferred them? the Israelites, and how he'd given them lots of favors. Now Allah is explaining what do those favors mean. And we had already, we certainly already did give the, the children of Israel, the sons of Israel, the book, the wisdom, and prophethood. How many prophets actually from what we believe between Musa salam all the way to Isa, between Moses and Jesus, there's no break. There's constant prophets. Every time a prophet died, another one came, another died, another came. So they were constantly under the shepherding of prophets. Constantly, until the coming of Isa There's almost 1400 years of continuous prophethood among them. So Al-Kitaba, Wal-Hukma, Wal-Nubu'a, the book, the law, the wisdom and prophethood was given to them. وَرَزَقْنَاهُمْ مِنَ الطَّيِّبَاتِ And we had provided them from good and pure things. وَفَضَّلْنَاهُمْ عَلَى الْعَالَمِينَ And we had given them preference over all other nations. We had blessed them like no other. وَآتَيْنَاهُمْ بَيِّنَاتٍ مِنَ الْأَمْرِ And we had given them clear commands or clear proofs. From, our, from the command, from Al-Amr, actually one of the terms in the Qur'an used for the religion or the guidance is Al-Amr, the command. The command of Allah is the religion of Allah, the lifestyle Allah wants us to have. So proof, clear proofs from the command of Allah. They didn't fall into disagreement then until after knowledge came to them out of an urge to rebel against one another, out of an urge to dominate among each other. So knowledge, which was supposed to become a means of humility, as we were learning in Surah Shura, became a means of furthering their own agenda, their own pride. And this is not just a problem of the Israelites, this is a problem of humanity. Allah Azza wa wants us to learn more, and as a result become more humble. But human beings learn more and become more arrogant. And this is, not, this is not just when they learn more about science or they learn more about, you know, they get, a, they get credentials. People like to flaunt their credentials like doctor or PhD or professor or whatever, right? They want to shove them in your face and let them know that they're more educated than you are or something. It's not just that. It's above that. It's beyond that too. It's even religious knowledge. Religious knowledge is used and, and within a religion. It's not even between religions. Even within a religion, you'll have Muslims, you'll have Christians, you'll have Jews, you'll have Hindus. And one faction says, we have the right version. We've got the right, we've got the right you know, uh, understanding. Everybody else is wrong. They don't have the correct knowledge we do. 
we are the owners, we, we are the correct stakeholders of the religion. And this is not because they're genuinely interested in promoting the right understanding of faith. Most times, most of the time, it's because it furthers their own pride. We have more of a following than they do. Look, our masjid has less people, their masjid has more. We need to step it up a little. We should disagree with them and say, those guys, you know, they follow, they follow the wrong day for the moon sighting. Don't go there. We should start that. Or we should, you know, we shouldn't pray there because that imam said this or this or this. Or we should just start crazy weird things just because we want to one up the other. So religious discourse almost becomes like competition. You know how Toyotas and Hondas are competing in car commercials? That's what it turns into. The very thing that came to end disagreement becomes a means of disagreement within its own people. It's, it, it's a sad tragedy of faith. And that's the, the tragedy of Bani Israel. The Israelites, Allah gives their example more than any other because they were given more knowledge than any other. And that knowledge was supposed to unite them more than any other. But they ended up fighting each other, killing one another. And today, this is, I mean, we can't even point at, when we look at Qur'an, it's like a mirror, right? So the Muslim can't just say, oh, this is talking about Jews. Yeah, it was. But who fits the profile now, you know? Who fits the profile now? And I used to be, I told you, I used to be really depressed about the state of Muslim unity in our country here until I went to Europe. And I was like, okay, we're doing all right. <laughs> Things there were bad. It was just bad. But this is something we have to campaign against. Now let me tell you about this at a personal level. Somebody seeks knowledge, they go to an institution or they go study in study circles and they, they acquire knowledge of religion, right? And maybe they're well-spoken or they're, you know, they have an opportunity to teach some others what they've learned. So they start a study circle or they start giving khutbah, sermon or whatever. They get the pulpit. When they get the pulpit, it starts, people start appreciating what they have to say. People compliment them and they come to them and say, what you did was amazing. I really benefited so much. I never understood this until you explained it, etc., etc., etc. People start showering a person like that in that circle with compliments. And then you kind of start getting used to it. You start getting used to people coming over and saying, that was a great job. I you know, really appreciate what you said. And it's pretty awesome. And you know, love your work, etc., etc., etc. You kind of get used to it. Then, out of nowhere, somebody comes to you and says, you know, I appreciate this khutbah, but you know, on this subject, this other scholar gave a speech, it was amazing. I mean, this was good, but that one was amazing. And the presenter is going, really? Amazing, huh? Well, mine wasn't good enough? He's not going to say it. He's thinking it. And like this, really? I, I didn't impress you? Somebody else impressed you? This can't be good. I'm losing my, I'm losing my touch. This is not the Olympics, folks. This is the word of Allah. You're not in competition with other people. You're here to share the word of Allah because it's an act of worship, not because it's a popularity contest. But those thoughts start creeping in. And they, they creep in and they creep in and they creep in. And then you're sitting in a conversation and that other competitor is mentioned again. And then you say, yeah, he's good, but you know, he, he's got some issues. You just kind of say it. He's good, but you know, some things about him don't exactly... I don't really agree with certain... Even though you don't have any problem, you just kind of bring it up because you gotta, if you can't rise, might as well bring him down. Might as well do that. This is baghi. And it starts at a very small personal level. Happens deep inside a person. And then it comes out, I'm just genuinely concerned for the people because they're listening to him and he might end up misguiding them. That's why I'm warning you about him. It starts, but there's something else entirely going on inside. Man, I'm losing the popularity contest. That's what's going on inside. And that's a pathetic state to be in. What higher thing are we calling than the word of Allah? What's going to be higher? And how much lower can your aspirations be than you're looking for popularity and your own, you know, to, to stake your own uh, claim? Most of the time people are being put down for this reason. Somebody's pride can't handle it. That's all it is. That's all it is. People turning, oh, so, you know, I'm invited to the conference? Wonderful. I just got invited to a conference. Wonderful. When's your session? You have the main session. Main session? Oh, that's, all. that's cool. Yeah, main session on Sunday morning. I was like, oh, that's cool. That's fine. But then, you don't, then the thought comes, hey, so who has the main main session on Saturday night? How come you guys couldn't fit me? You know what? I'm not coming this year. <laughs> you know, this is Bari. And then you're sitting there in the audience, the speaker that didn't get invited, you're sitting there in the audience going, why didn't I get invited? I know so much more than he does. 
I would have done so much better a job. They're missing out. They don't know what they're talking about. And he's waiting for the guy to make a mistake so he can tear him apart later. He's not sitting there because he wants to benefit. He's sitting there now because he wants to justify why that guy shouldn't be there and I should be in his place. That's a sad, sad state of affairs. That's baghiyam baynahum. So Allah says, we gave them the clearest proofs and they didn't fall into disagreement with each other until after knowledge came to them. This is, this is the, the dirty games of the knowledgeable. Of the knowledgeable. إِنَّ رَبَّكَ يَقْضِي بَيْنَهُمْ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ No doubt your master is going to make a verdict between them on the day of resurrection. فِي كَانُوا فِيهِ يَخْتَلِفُونَ And all the things they used to disagree in. You, saw, you notice, disagreements can be genuine and ingenuine. I could genuinely have a disagreement with you, that's fine. But Allah added the maf'ul lahu, the verb that, the, the word that offers the, the rationale, baghyan. It was out of pride, out of rebellion, out of the urge to be on top. That's why they did it. ثُمَّ جَعَلْنَاكَ عَلَى شَرِيعَةٍ مِّنَ الْأَمْرِ Then we we installed for you, we made you, uh, or we put you on a sharia, I'm not going to translate that yet, from the religion, from the ultimate religion, al-amr. Meaning the command to all prophets was the same, the religion was the same, Nuh alayhi salam, Isa alayhi salam, Musa alayhi salam, all of them have the same religion, and you are given the same religion, except you are now given a special sharia from it. What is sharia again? We talked about it in Shara'a alakum min ad-deen in Surah al-Shura. Sharia literally means a path that leads to water. That's what it literally means. The, the laws of Allah, the teachings of Allah are described as a person on a journey, starving, de dehydrated, they're about to die, and finally they find a path. And they can see that the path is leading to water. And it's heading down. It's heading down. And so the path is made easy. The more steps they take in it, the easier it gets. And shara'a as a verb is used when you take the camel all the way to the water, but you don't force it to drink, as I mentioned to you before. Shara'at al-ibl. You know, that the water, the, the, the camel reached the water but decided to drink when it wants to drink. You couldn't force it to drink. What is sharia? It's the wisdom, the laws, the teachings, the do's and don'ts of God, of Allah, but he, He's not forcing them on you. You have to make that choice yourself. That's sharia. And Allah says, I gave you a sharia. Min al-amr. Now, over time in Islamic history, the word sharia took on the, word, the meaning of law, Islamic law. But qanun, the Arabic word qanun, which is also found in Farsi, Hudud, restrictions, those are actually legal terms. Kitab, book, law, constitution. Sharia is actually not originally the legal, the word for law. It's not. It's actually a, a complement to Islamic law. It's, Islamic law is described as Sharia because it opens ways for mercy. But the word Sharia in the Quran is not limited to law. That's the important thing I want to highlight. Sharia in the Quran, the word Sharia is not limited to law. Law is made up of basically four things. It's basically made up of four things. What you're allowed to do, what you're not allowed to do, what you must do. Actually, basically three things. Oh, what you must do and what you uh, are, are recommended to do, essentially. So once again, what you're, what you're supposed to do, what you're not supposed to do, what you're allowed to do, and what you should do, but you're not in trouble if you don't do it. That basically makes up the law. Okay, That's the law of our deen. Prayer, you have to do it. You have to do it this way, this way, this way, this way. You cannot eat this. You cannot look at that. You cannot go there. You cannot do this. You cannot do that. That's do's and don'ts. Then, okay, this is okay for you to do. This is okay for you to do. This is okay for you to do. Here's where you can work. Here's where you can eat. Here's where you can sleep, etc., etc., etc. That's what you can do. And then here are certain things that will raise your rank as a believer. There's some good deeds that you really should do. But if you don't do them, it's okay so long as you're not a criminal in the rest of the law. That's sharia. But then on top of that is a moral code, a spiritual code. There's an entire other realm of our religion that is not covered by the sharia, by law. But it's there. The ethics are there. The kindness to parents is there. You can't put a number on, you can't put a score on how kind I am to my father. Quran says, ihsanan, Be the best you can be to your parents. But, how do you codify that in law? What does that mean to be the best to your parents? Your best to your parents is not the same as my best to mine. It differs in every family. Differs in cultures. That can change in cultures. You can't restrict that on, if you don't do this, then you are not good to your parents. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Those are moral teachings. 
So Allah gave him a beautiful sharia, a beautiful pathway from the, from the so I'll translate sharia here as, as pathway, as a life-saving pathway from the command. فَاتَّبِعْهَا Then follow it. وَلَا تَتَّبِعْ أَهْوَاءَ الَّذِينَ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ And don't follow the empty whims of people who don't even know. They don't even know. Like when the first time I heard, we're going to ban Sharia law from our state, the first time I heard that, I said, really? Do you guys even know what that is? Do you know Sharia law says things like, be kind to your parents, take care of your neighbor, be honest in your business. You're going to ban that stuff from your state? We're not going to have Sharia law here? <laughs> you know? Don't cheat in your business, don't mix goods, you know, and, and impurities in your goods and products when you sell them to your customer. Be truthful when you give testimony. That's sharia. So people don't even know. So Allah says, don't, don't be taken in. And don't follow the empty whims of people who have no clue. Those kinds of people will not be able to benefit you against Allah in any way, shape or form. So when people are trying to offer you, I think we need to really, Muslims need to rethink this whole sharia thing and they need to figure out what they want to do with this thing because we can't have it here in America or we can't have it in Western civilization, etc, etc. And some Muslims, without even knowing what they're talking about, like, oh, well, maybe we should rethink this whole Sharia thing. You're right. Allah says, what are they going to benefit? Those people are going to come to help you? They will not come to aid you against Allah at all. Even you, Prophet he's being told, even if you sway a little bit, you're in trouble. And you're the Prophet. So how much trouble would we be in? وَلَوْلَا أَن ثَبَّتْنَاكَ لَقَدْ كِتَّ تَرْكَنُوا إِلَيْهِمْ شَيْءٍ قَلِيلًا قَالَ فِي الْإِسْرَاءِ if, if, if we didn't make you firm, you might have inclined towards them a little bit. إِذَنْ لَأَذَقْنَاكَ ضِعْفَ الْحَيَاتِ وَضِعْفَ الْمَمَاتِ Then we would have made you taste twice the punishment of life and death. Allah said that to His Messenger because He's teaching us compromise is not an option. Not when it comes to the beautiful way that Allah has taught us. وَإِنَّ الظَّالِمِينَ بَعْضُهُمْ أَوْلِيَاءُ oppressors. They're only, they're only aids one to the other. They're only protective friends, ones, ones of another, some of others. Wallahu waliyul muttaqeen. And Allah is the protective friend of those who protect themselves and are righteous. Hada basairu linnas. These are clear insights for the benefit of people. Wahudan. And the, this is clear insights for the benefit of people and guidance. Warahmatun. And loving mercy. Liqawmin yuqinun. For a nation that seeks to be convinced. أَمْ حَسِبَ الَّذِينَ اجْتَرَحُوا اجْتَرَحَ a new verb for you guys فَعَلُوا اِكْتَسَبُوا To earn أَنْ نُسَمِّيَ الْجَوَارِحْ مِنَ الطُّيُورِ لِأَنَّهَا تُسْتَخْدَمْ لِلصَّيْدِ Jawarih is actually used in Arabic for birds that, you know, back in the day they used to train their hawks and they used to train their, their, their eagles and their hawks back in, you know, in the desert to hunt down like rabbits and, you know, things like that so they would actually literally catch them and bring them back to the owner they were called jawarih because they would injure. Jarh also means injury, right? Now, ijtaraha sayyiat, meaning you've done something hurtful. You've hurt yourself. You've, uh, you've injured yourselves with sins. It's a beautiful piece of imagery. Instead of saying you've earned sins, Allah is saying you've injured yourselves with sins. Have they assumed that we're going to make them like people who believe and they did righteous things, they did good things? Sawa'an, we're going to make them equal. Mahyahum wa mamatuhum. Their lives and their deaths, they're going to be the same. I told you before, without the belief in Allah, you and I believe in Allah, we don't drink alcohol, we don't engage in you know, interest, you know, usury, we, we guard our shame, we are, are, the, the women cover, we observe five daily prayer, we're fasting in the month of Ramadan. We hold back from so many things. I just, came, I just went to a campus last night. I thought I was invited to an MSA iftar. It happened to be a sorority iftar. Yeah. I'm still dizzy from what I saw. I couldn't believe they were Muslims. But then I realized this is the majority of Muslims. Like, I just, I just, when I recited Qur'an and Salat, they made me lead Salat. When I recited Qur'an, I'm sure most of them didn't know what I was talking about, but man, I just, رَبَّنَا هَبْلَنَا مِنْ أَزْوَاجِنَا وَذُرِّيَاتِنَا قُرَّةَ أَعْيٍ وَجَعَلْنَا لِلْمُتَّقِينَ إِمَامًا This is the generation, then my kids are going to be teens soon. Oof. Allahu Akbar. I just, I can't even begin to describe it to you. I mean, like, really? That's what 
Muslims can be like that? It's like you wouldn't even know they're Muslim. You wouldn't even know. No, no, no. Yeah, but I, that wasn't an MSA, alhamdulillah. If that was an MSA, I would have been. I don't know, I wouldn't have come today. That was, at least it was a sorority, so it's somewhat expected. The party lifestyle, it's expected. But man, the, 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 the Muslim kid, the Muslim boy and girl that's going to college, that's trying to hold on to their faith and is staying away from all that stuff, they're missing out, and their friends are telling me, you're missing out, you're missing out, you're missing out. Allah says, and these people even feel sometimes, yeah, I am missing out. I am missing out because there's a way better party in Jannah. At least here you go to parties, you meet people you don't want to meet. There it's mutaqabilin, you're meeting people you want to meet them. You know? But you hold, you held back, Allah says, you think they sacrificed all that from their life? They gave up so much of their youth, so much of their temptations, so much of the luxuries that were right in front of them, right, right there. They let go of those things. And you think those lives are going to be the same? They're going to mean the same to Allah as the people who had no restrictions? People who did whatever they wanted? You know, they're not, they're not, their lives and deaths are not the same. They don't mean the same thing. Yes, they lived on this earth and they went into the ground and the, the, the wicked lived on this earth and they went into the ground. But they're not the same. What a horrible decision some people have made. What a horrible decision they've made. They think it's all the same. doesn't matter. And he created the skies and the earth with purpose. And so that every person can be given exactly what he or she has earned. And that they are not, they're not the ones that are going to be wronged at all. Have you seen the one who takes his whims, his desires, his temptations, and turns them into his God? Have you seen a person that is narcissistic? Obsessed with themselves, the most important goal before them is their own pleasure, their own greed, their own money, their own looks. Me, 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 me. Have you seen a person like that? Allah asked the Prophet. And Allah misguides a person like that, ala ilmin, despite being knowledgeable. So you could have religious knowledge and still be obsessed with yourself and worship only yourself. You see, we, we, we already read two surahs ago, Don't I own the sovereignty of Egypt? The Pharaoh was being described as claiming godhood for himself in the political sense. I get to decide what is right and what is wrong. That is his claim to godhood. But there's also a personal level of shirk fil ita'a. That's what's being described here. That was shirk fil hakimiyah. This is shirk fil ita'a. I, I have an urge. I want to look at something on my computer. I'm just going to look. I'm in charge. I can do whatever I want. I pay for my internet connection. I paid for my iPad. I paid for my laptop. I can watch whatever I want. It's a free country. Then your ilah, your God, the one you obey is your own whim. You're worshipping yourself. You don't even need an idol. The idol sitting inside your heart. You're, you're the idol worshipper of the worst kind. Because at least those idols you can break. Those idols you could tear apart. This idol is deeply bedded. Not even heart surgery can get this one out. And this person, it's not a matter of this person not knowing. Allah is not talking about a person who doesn't know any better. They haven't studied their faith. They don't know about the Quran. They don't know about the Prophet. Allah is talking about a person who knows everything. He's knowledgeable. But still, she, she knows. He knows. But still, that... That, that personal, that, that greedy self, that shuha nafs, shuha nafsihi, it's just got a hold of them, it's invaded them, and they can't let it go. And so when it comes to picking between what Allah wants and what they want, they always win. So Allah says, fine, your knowledge will be of no good to you, no benefit to you. And he placed a seal on his hearing, so he hears the lectures, he goes to the conferences, but not, unlike everybody else, he just says, eh, I've heard that already. That's all he does. And his heart is never moved. His heart is sealed. And he, and he placed a cover on his, on his vision. Who's going to guide him after Allah is done with him like that? Once Allah has placed those locks on his ears and his heart, who's going to guide him? And notice here the hearing was mentioned first. There are several benefits of that I want to mention too. Two benefits of hearing mentioned first. Hearing is sealed, then the heart is sealed. What's the way to the heart when it comes to good counsel? Hearing. You hear a message, it gets to your heart. And when the hearing is blocked, how's your heart ever going to benefit? That's, that's, the wisdom, that's one wisdom of this here. 
another incredible thing, this is from a linguistics point of view. I was explaining it to Jawad in Urdu. I don't know how I did it, but I think I did it in Urdu. But I'll explain it to you guys in English. Don't worry. I, would, I wouldn't torture you like that. It's Ramadan. Malla yarham la yarham. Okay, so one who doesn't show mercy is not shown mercy, right? So, okay. In the beginning of this surah, and some, I, I know there's some guests here today, so I'll try to be as, as simple as I can. Quran is revealed in conversation. Quran was not revealed in writing, it was revealed as a conversation. And the Prophet himself did not know how to write. Okay, I've been talking to you forever, it feels like. Yes, I know. You don't remember what I said 30 minutes ago. I'm pretty sure. Like word for word, you don't remember. And as a matter of fact, no surprise, I don't remember either. If you were to ask me, I don't recall. Now perhaps as I was speaking to you, I said something like, boys and girls. I don't know. In the middle of a sentence, I said, boys and girls. Or I said, girls and boys. Maybe I said, cars and motorcycles. Or I said, what? Motorcycles and cars. Maybe I said, day and night. Or I said, night and day. Maybe. But that was just two words in the middle of a sentence that I just kind of said. I didn't really think about which one should I say first or second. I just kind of blurted it out. And if you were to ask me 15 sentences later, which one did you say first? I will not remember. I will not remember. Nor will I remember 15 sentences from now that I should organize the sentence that comes out of my mouth, that I should organize it keeping in mind what I had said 15 sentences ago. So maybe I was talking about girls, or maybe I was talking about boys. And if I was talking about boys, I said something about boys in passing, 15 sentences later, I should say boys first and girls second, because that's more consistent with my speech. I don't have that kind of processor up here. I don't have that capacity. This is the 23rd ayah of the surah. This is the 23rd, I don't want to use the word verse, but the, uh, ayah is the right word. It's the 23rd ayah of the surah. If you travel back for a moment to the 8th ayah, 15 sentences ago, 15 sentences ago, Allah says, يَسْمَعُ آيَاتِ اللَّهِ تُتْلَى عَلَيْهِ He listens to the ayat of Allah being read onto him. The spiritual crime mentioned 15 sentences ago in this surah is one of the heart or one of the ear? The one of the ear. And 15 sentences later, Quran is precise enough to say that he seals what first? The hearing. The, cr the crime was done of the ear. So the hearing is sealed first and then the heart. Now, this to me is mind-boggling. But what's even more mind-boggling is that the same two words, the heart and the hearing being sealed, or the other way around, is mentioned in Surah Al-Baqarah also. Okay, so in Baqarah Allah says, Allah sealed their hearts and their hearing. Here He says He sealed their hearing and their hearts. Now there, when he talks about the hearts being sealed first, go to the beginning of the surah, what do you find? This is a book, has no doubts in it whatsoever. Where does doubt hit you? In your heart. It is guidance. Where does guidance come? To the heart. For the people who protect themselves and are fearful, where is fear? In the heart. Those who believe in the unseen, where does faith, belief rest? In the heart. Heart, 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 heart. The whole conversation is about the heart. And then Allah says, Allah sealed the heart. And He sealed the hearing. Subhanallah. And this is one of like literally hundreds of examples of just things being sequenced in the Quran in a way that just makes you sit and go, whoa. How does a human being do that? Because they don't. They just don't. Khatama ala sam'ihi wa qalbihi wa ja'ala ala basarihi ghishawa. And He places a, a seal on his eyes. Then who's going to guide him after Allah is done with him? Why don't you make any effort to think, any effort to remember, any effort to take counsel? Now this phrase, by the way, this ayah, if you want to put it in your notes, is the ayah of the Qur'an's commentary on materialism. The, the hardcore materialist. The materialist who denies there's anything known as the unseen world. There is no such thing as a soul. There's no such thing as angels. There's no heaven and hell. All we see is what we can see in you know, atoms and cells. And this is all we're made up of. This is all there is to existence. This is the statement that Allah quotes of them. And says, وَقَالُوا And they said, مَا هِيَ إِلَّا حَيَاتُنَا الدُّنْيَا There is nothing in existence except our worldly existence, our worldly life. نَمُوتُ وَنَحْيَا We're gonna die, we die and we live. And he mentions Namutu because he's depressed. 
He's because he, he, the only thing looking looking ahead is what we're gonna die. Okay, yeah, well, we'll live a little bit, but yeah, we're eventually gonna die. Might as well party it up while we're here. Might as well do whatever we can to please ourselves and to get as much you know as much of our whims fulfilled while we can. You only live once. You ever heard that phrase? That's the materialistic phrase. That's the classic materialist. And then he says, well, God doesn't kill me. Time does. It's the passage of time that kills me. And they have no knowledge of this whatsoever as they speak. They speak in such emphatic terms. Ma means they're refuting what the Muslim. No, 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 you're wrong. You people of faith in God, you people are closed-minded. You guys don't understand. You need to open your, you broaden your minds and think, you know. They have no knowledge of what they're talking about at all. They're doing nothing but making assumptions. And when our miraculous signs are recited onto them that are so clear and self-evident, the only case they have left, the only refutation they try to bring forward against those who try to give them the faith is, bring forward our ancestors, the ones who passed away. Remember this in the previous surah? Bring forward our ancestors that have already passed away. In kuntum sadiqeen, if in fact you're telling the truth, Tell them Allah in fact will forget your ancestors. He'll bring you. He'll give you life. Thumma yumitukum. Then he'll give you death. He gives you life. He'll give you death. Thumma yajmaukum ila yomil qiyama. Then he will gather you to the day of standing. La rayba fihi. There is no doubt whatsoever in that day. In it. وَلَكِنَّا أَكْثَرَ النَّاسِ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ However, most people don't have a clue. They don't even know. وَلِلَّهِ مُلْكُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ And to Allah alone belongs the kingdom of the skies and the earth. وَيَوْمَ تَقُومُ السَّاعَةِ يَوْمَ إِذٍ يَخْسَرُ الْمُبْطِلُونَ The day on which the hour is established, the day of judgment begins to happen, the trumpet is blown into, and all chaos breaks loose on the earth, that's the day that people that nullified religion, that called it a lie, they're the ones that are going to be bankrupt. وَتَرَى كُلَّ أُمَّةٍ جَاثِيَةٍ What a powerful phrase. And that's why the surah is named behind it too. You will notice every nation on this earth that has ever lived, جَاثِيَةً brought on its knees. It can't even stand. It's on its, it's humbled. تَرَى كُلَّ أُمَّةٍ جَاثِيَةٍ مِنَ الْفِعْلِ جَثَى يَجْثُو جُثُوًا أَيْ بَرَكَ عَلَى رَكِبَتَيْهِ أَوْ بَرِكَ عَلَى رَكِبَتَيْهِ To fall on your knees. To fall on your knees. Every nation will be called to its book. Weren't you the nation that followed Isa? Where's your book? Weren't you the people of Musa? Where's your book? What, what book did you follow? Today you will be compensated fully of the things that you used to do. This is our book. Allah speaks to all of humanity, all nations, this gigantic convention on the earth. And all nations are gathered. And Allah says, this is our book. It speaks against you with purpose, with truth. This book keeps record of everything you did. We have always kept document of everything that you used to do. Let's talk about the word nastansikh because it's new for us. Nuthbit. The meaning of nastansikh in Arabic is to make firm, to affirm, and to confirm. And na'khudha minhu nuskha ukhra. That you want to confirm something, you really want to, you know in, in modern uh, language we say I want to back up my laptop. I want a backup file. Back in the day before hard drives, what did people do to back up material? They made a photocopy, keep an extra copy somewhere, keep the original in the safe, right? Nastansikh, we will have certifiable copies of what you used to do. It's as though Allahu A'lam, Allah is saying that people are handed their book. And they, when they see their book and everything it has, they may, they may try to what? Tear it up. So we have, the, we have a certifiable copy that's going to be read to you. <laughs> of your deeds. Of all the things that you used to do. فَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ فَيُدْخِلُهُمْ رَبُّهُمْ فِي رَحْمَتِهِ As for those who believed and did the few righteous things expected of them, then he, their master will enter them into his loving mercy. ذَلِكَ هُوَ الْفَوْزُ الْمُبِينَ That is the ultimate success. وَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا أَفَلَمْ تَكُنْ آيَاتِي تُتْلَى عَلَيْكُمْ And as for those who disbelieve, listen to what's going to be said to them. Allah says, أَفَلَمْ تَكُنْ آيَاتِي تُتْلَى عَلَيْكُمْ my miraculous revelations were not being read on to you at all? Fastak bartum, and you were, weren't you the ones that were great, like arrogant when you heard them? Wakuntum qawman mujrimin, weren't you the nation that had remained a criminal nation? Weren't you the people that had remained a criminal nation against my revelations? Wa idha qila inna wa'dallahi haq, 
And whenever it's said that the promise of God, the promise of Allah is true, and the hour, there's no doubt that it's coming. There's no doubt in it. Qultum, you were the people that used to say, We have no clue what hour you're talking about. We are just, we're just, you know, we're, we're just making assumptions. We don't really don't know either. We're just agnosts. And this is the eye of agnosticism. So the materialist has already been covered. Now the agnost who says, I, I don't know, I'm just making assumptions. I can't be sure of anything. And we're just, And I'm not gradually heading towards any kind of faith. It's not like I'm looking either. See, muqinin to be convinced. Mustaqin, the one who's gradually heading towards the faith. He's trying to find faith. She's trying to find truth. They're, these guys are like, well, I'm not even looking. Look, I don't know what, if there is a God, there isn't a God, there's a judgment day, there's no judgment day. Nobody came back from the dead and told me, so I can't, I can't be sure. God hasn't shown up and talked to me, so I, I can't be sure if he's around either. And I'm not necessarily looking to find out either. That's pretty awesome. Good for you. I don't know, and I'm not interested. Remember the arrogance of the Pharaoh? Ya Haman, why don't you build me a tower so I can climb up and go talk to Musa's God? Because I'm not sure. This is the attitude of this person. And the evil of what they had done will appear before them. It'll take material form. And the very thing that they used to poke fun at is going to surround them. It's going to take a hold of them. وَقِيلَ الْيَوْمْ نَنْسَاكُمْ Today we will say, we are ignoring you. We are deliberately forgetting you. Dismissing you. كَمَا نَسِيتُمْ لِقَاءَ يَوْمِكُمْ هَذَا Just like you dismissed the meeting of this day of yours. وَمَأْوَاكُمُ النَّارِ And the place for you to remain and to go back to is the fire. وَمَا لَكُمْ مِنْ نَاصِرِينَ And you are not going to have any aids whatsoever. ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّكُمُ اتَّخَذْتُمْ آيَاتِ اللَّهِ هُزُوَا that is because you took the miracles of Allah as a joke. dunya, And worldly life deluded you. It deceived you. It conned you. That day then, they will not be coming out of it. Out of what? The fire. And they're not going to be given any leeway because they're exhausted. ta'ib. Ta'ib means to be Tired. Isti'tab, to remove your exhaustion. Somebody tries to, you know, I come home, I'm tired, and I say, hey, huda, come over. Can you just press my head or something? And my girl's like, give me a head massage. She's doing isti'tab, she's trying to make me relax. Right? This is, they're not going to be given any relaxation. You know, after a, a, like a, a boxing fight, like a round, the guys go in the corner and they're like, they're pumping their muscles, they're spraying water on them. This is isti'tab. They're removing their exhaustion so they can get ready for the next round. They're, and even in torture cells, even in like horrible prisons where people are being tortured, they don't continuously torture because the guy will die. So what do they do? They torture, torture, torture. Then they say, okay, enough for the day. Give him five minutes so he can wake up, so he can feel it again. But in, in hellfire, Allah does not, you're not going to pass out. It's just, it keeps on going. And you're not given a time even to rest. فَلِلَّهِ الْحَمْدُ رَبِّ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَرَبِّ الْأَرْضِ And then to, then to Allah alone, the, the praise belongs, hamd belongs, master of the skies and master of the earth. Rabbil alameen, the, the master of all nations, all peoples. And to him alone, greatness, grandeur belongs in the skies and the earth. And he is the ultimate authority, all wise. There's a couple of beautiful things I want to share with you before I close out the surah. The, uh, and I talk about this in divine speech, but not in comparison completely to Jathiyah, because now we're at Jathiyah. This surah. Allah says in the first surah of the Qur'an, Alhamdulillah, praise and gratitude belongs to Allah. That's what he says, praise and gratitude belongs to Allah. But at the end of the surah, he says, Lillahi alhamd, not Alhamdulillah. He says, Lillahi alhamd. Praise and gratitude only belongs to Allah. So the other time in Fatiha, he didn't say only, but here at the end of the surah, he says, only. Now we discussed Fatiha already. I want to talk to you about what the benefit of the word only is here. In Surah Al-Jathiyah. You see, the word, the word only is used when you are trying to say more than what you've actually spelled out. I give you this simple example in divine speech. I'll repeat myself. If I, I used to teach at elementary school. A couple of girls are talking in the back of the class. So I pick on one of them. 
I say, hey, Zainab, what are you doing? And she says, I wasn't the only one talking. She says, I wasn't the only one talking. And that's just one sentence, but she said a lot more than that sentence without saying anything. What did she also say? If I'm going down, my best friend right here, my BFF, is going down with me. The word only suggests more to come. And when you say praise and gratitude only belongs to Allah, what else are you saying? Think about it. What else are you saying? It doesn't belong to anyone else. You're suggesting that somebody's wrong. Somebody's wrong. They're praising and thanking someone other than Allah along with Allah. Now, let me add something to this conversation. If there's an idol worshiper, a mushrik, he doesn't necessarily have a problem with the phrase, praise and gratitude belongs to Allah. He has no problem with that. But he does have a problem with the phrase, praise and gratitude only belongs to Allah. Why does he have a problem with the word only? Because he's an idol worshiper. To him, praising gratitude, sure, it belongs to God. But along with God, it belongs to these and these and these and these sub-God entities also. But to that mushrik, if you want to correct him, and you really want him to enjoy the benefits of praising and showing gratitude to Allah, you can't just say, Alhamdulillah. You have to say, Lillahi alhamd. Praise and gratitude only belongs to Allah. Was this surah not talking to the arrogant that are obsessed with themselves? Was it not talking to people who take gods besides Allah? So they, if, they, if you just tell them at the end of this entire conversation, praise and gratitude belongs to Allah, they'll be, like, they'll be like, yeah, sure, okay, no problem. And us. And other gods. So the way to correct them at the end of the surah is, it only belongs to Allah. That's why lillahi alhamd is here. The ikhtisas is here. The taqdeem and ta'khir is here. The other thing is, Allah mentioned something in this surah, He didn't mention in, the, in, in uh, Fatiha. Allah mentions His greatness. وَلَهُ الْكِبْرِيَاءِ You know how we declare Allah's kibriya? We say, Allahu Akbar. Allah's greatness. Why does He mention His greatness here? He doesn't mention it in Fatiha. Well, let's talk about why He mentions it. It's perfectly placed. Why? Because in the surah, He dealt one after the other, after the other with people that are arrogant. People that want, that are mustakbir. People that seek to be great. And He says at the end, greatness? No, that's not for you. That's only for me. And he's the ultimate authority, full of wisdom. So those are the two brief things I wanted to mention to you before we get into the next brief surah. I'll give you guys 10 minutes or so, inshallah ta'ala, I think that should be enough. And then we can get started on Suratul Ahqaf. Barakallahu li wa lakum fil Quran al-Hakim. Wa nafa'ani wa iyaakum bil ayati wa dhikr al-Hakim.